It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of, you guessed it, songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Mooney, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I am doing very well. It's going to be an awesome show, and I'm uh, ready to learn a whole bunch of this stuff. Good. We'll be keeping Good. track how many how many stuffs you learn tonight. Yes, yes, I'll try. Tally them up. Yeah, looking forward to it too. Okay, and for everyone else, please send your comments and questions to at Song Talk Radio on Facebook or Instagram, feedback at songtalk.ca for the email, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode and to find links to resources we mentioned and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature. Tonight, we're very happy to welcome back songwriter, producer, and music educator Chad Shank. Chad Shank is a songwriter, music producer, and songwriting teacher. He is the founder of At Home Songwriting, a YouTube channel and songwriting education community. Chad is also a lyric instructor for the Berklee College of Music Online. He's written in many genres, including pop, country, and dance music. In 2024, Chad is hosting upcoming online and in-person songwriting retreats, expanding on the reach of at-home songwriting to help writers write like pros at home. Welcome back to Song Talk Radio, Chad Shank. Hey, thanks, Neil. I was just thinking to myself, this is kind of a dad joke, but we have Neil and Phil. Your names could be verbs if you put them into songs. That's true, actually. Uh, yes, I suppose they could. Spelled differently, but yeah, that's the dad yeah. joke part of it. Sorry, is, is that, I just had to. Can Chad be a verb? Hmm. Can you, Chad, do the, or, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Chat off. Is, I totally chatted. Like a, wasn't there something with a, a presidential election and they had hanging chats? Yes, that would be a noun. Yeah, though. but that was just a noun, though, yeah. Yeah. Talking yeah. about to, to Chad. Yeah, we the pre presidential elections are kind of a sore subject for us. America. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, let's not go there tonight. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's for everyone, Chad. Yeah, yeah. No matter, no matter where you live. Well, Ch Chad's in the wonderful uh, United States, so good yes. luck. Um, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> We're okay. gonna need it. We yeah, need yeah. it. Um, and and just to be just to be clear, Sontag Radio does not <clears throat> purposely affiliate with any political side one another but you know but you know yeah. down down with trump that's all we can say. <laughs> yeah there is a right side but we, we won't go there yeah it's interesting they call themselves the right side <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Anyway. okay anyway we're, all right we're on a tangent let's talk we're about fun stuff like okay. songwriting yeah let's get back to songwriting let's hope we didn't bring any uh you know politically charged protest songs tonight um, emails to neil at songtalk.ca <laughs> well right right back i'll retort okay so, um, yeah, great to have you back on the show, Chad. And tonight we do have a special episode planned with Chad. Um, we're going to get to hear two of Chad's favorite songs and why they are worthy of study. Because as uh, lifelong students of songwriting that we are, it's always a good idea to take apart your favorite songs and find out what makes them tick. Um, so, Chad, tell us, tell us first, what are the primary things you look for when you judge a song to be a great song? So that's a great song. What is it about those songs in general? What, what is it you really look for in a great song? That's a really good question. And I think it's 
one that everybody has a different answer for, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I think is a great song is not what somebody else thinks is a great song. Um, there are songs that I love that other people are like, meh, and vice versa. Like there's songs where people love it and I'm just like, I can't stand it, right? So <sighs> for me, when I hear something and something uh, for my criteria is really if I feel something and if it's just well done. And what I mean by well done is it's, it doesn't seem trite. It doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem like it's written. Like it feels like it's its own existing thing, right? Like, and that's a little bit hard to put into to actual mm -hmm. words. Um, of course, there's there's technical things that you look for, like, you know, sometimes you can get too scholarly or too academic around some of the stuff. But I think what it really comes down to for me is, does it move me? And does it feel like it's um, like doing something new? Like, does it, it, it doesn't feel like it's just something that's recycled. Does that make sense? I didn't. Mm -hmm. It's, that's yeah. kind of a lofty thing, but um, it really comes down to feeling for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. How I about think, you I guys? Think, yeah, I, I, I think for the most part, it's kind of kind of the same thing. I mean, I like to hear something new, but that doesn't always happen. But at least something surprising and and something that that, that I, I think what you were getting at before is that does it have does it have an identity? Does it have its own story, whether that's through the music or through the lyric or whatever? But is it is it focused on the thing that it's trying to say? And does it say that really, really well? And is it clear? Right. I think for me, it's um, there's a difference between music that I relate to because of what it's about, maybe, or the way the emotions hit me versus, I think, how well the song is written. Mm -hmm. I've always listened to lots of new stuff because as a, a teen growing up in the post-punk world, you know, the only thing we ever wanted to hear was something different. Most of the bands that I grew up with, they all had a very distinct sound. You always knew who the Smiths were. You always knew who Killing Joke was. You always knew who Ultravox was. And as time went on, I found... A lot of music sounds very samey because of the corporate the corporatization of, uh, of mm -hmm. music. I definitely can appreciate a well-written song, even if I don't like the uh, the actual style. And mm -hmm. I think that's important because you might not like cherry pie, but you could take a taste of cherry pie and go, "Wow, this you know, the crust is incredibly well made. It's you know, the filling is perfectly balanced. Even though you don't like it, you can appreciate the craftsmanship." So that's sort of what I listen to. But it's also important to be able to listen to music the way a normal person does because they're the ones who are actually giving you money for it. Well, and that's the tough part when you actually are a songwriter, right? Like, or especially for like me when I teach songwriting um, because there's a different part of the mind that works when you're just listening versus when you're analyzing. So it's kind of that idea between like active and passive listening. I think the the songs that, impress me are the ones that you don't think about the structure when you hear it. Like you're not thinking about, oh, now we're in a verse and then now we're in a chorus, like, and now this is happening and now this is happening. It's more like it sort of lives on its own. Mm -hmm. And 
to a certain extent, you can teach structure and you can teach the things, but there are songs that they use the traditions and they use the stuff that works in such a way that you forget about it. And I think it's like cooking, like you just said with pies, like there's a lot of times, and, and maybe it's not pies, but think about in your own life. Like I'm sure that we all have parents or grandparents that cook something that anybody could cook, but the way that they make it, mm -hmm. there's something different about it. Um, and I think that's how music is, right? Like it's, it's not just the ingredients, it's how they're used. So I think that's one of the things that, um, especially when I'm teaching songwriting, it's really trying to show people that we're learning the ingredients but you have to figure out what you're going to cook. Um, and I think when, when you hear something that moves you, it's almost like that when you find that favorite restaurant or something where you're like, wow, those tacos are really good. Like you can go get Taco Bell tacos or I don't know. Do you guys have Taco Bell in Canada? We have Taco Bell in Canada. Okay. But my, yes. my, my wife is from the U.S. and she always like, let's go to Taco Bell. I'm like, Taco Bell is terrible. And she's like, no, in the US, it's really, really good. I'm like, really? Okay, no. in Canada, it's, it's, it's yeah, <laughs> not good. No, I mean, it's, it's total. I mean, I love it for what it is, right? Like, I love me some Taco Bell. But I also love going to a, a legit Mexican restaurant and having oh, yeah. tacos. And I think that's, that's the way music is. There's, there's music that is just, it's there and, and it's kind of fun to like. And it's kind of a guilty pleasure, but then there's stuff where you're like, whoa, that really blew me away. Um, so I think the, what we're talking about is, is how do you find songs that do that? Or what do you do? It, it's kind of tough to really say what's going to really make that happen. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Even within genres, you know, there are songs that you like, but then there's songs that you're like, whoa. Um, and that's different for everybody. I think. For sure. For sure. Cool. Okay. So, okay, so we're going we're gonna to look at um, two of Chad's songs. Um, so why don't you tell us about the first one that you picked? Well, these are not my songs. Yeah, Chad's picks. <laughs> yes, I wish I wrote them because I'd have yeah. maybe more money at this point. But um, So you had asked me when you reached out, you said, can you talk about these songs that, that really sort of had an influence or an impact on me and, and why they're worth listening to? Um, the first one we're going to listen to is What Have You Done For Me Lately uh, by Janet Jackson. And I picked this song because as a kid, Janet and her producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, were really super influential within my own music. Like I, I hear their music and it was like, that's what I want to do. Um, and I love the fact that Janet had producers that were sort of front and center. Um, you know, Jimmy and Terry were sort of like co-collaborators with her um, on her Control album. And What Have You Done For Me Lately is a song that is really groove-based. Um, so you'll hear that really the song is built around a figured bass um, where the bass line is what everything else is sort of built around. So, and that coach sort of created this Minneapolis sound. Um, so I, I grew up in South Dakota um, and Janet was recording in Minneapolis. And this Minneapolis sound really incorporates a lot of bass, rhythm, 
And then instead of using horn parts, like a lot of like big band or jazz bands, they would use synthesizers to replace the horn section. So when you listen to this song, you'll hear how the bass drives everything and the way that the vocal melody bounces off of the synth parts is very similar to like what James Brown would do with his horn section or like some of the older um, like big band band leaders, how they would almost give commands to their band. And it was almost like the, the rhythms danced off each other. And I think that's what really attracted me to this song. And then maybe we can listen to it and I can kind of point out some other things. But that's that's what stood out to me is it really made me want to make music and it made me wonder how do you make a song groove so that's what have you done for me lately Thank you. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, like I remember like as a kid, like that came out when I was like nine or ten. So like I remember like going roller skating and that was, you know, that was the song <laughs> that everybody roller skated to as well. Yeah. It's interesting when you listen to the vocal melody in the chorus, there's not a huge amount, there's not a huge range of notes. It's not like... um you know, it's a you know, very small range, which which is kind of interesting. It's also interesting how the last half of the song is really just kind of jamming on the figure. There's not there's not like any more verses, which is something I wouldn't think to do. Sometimes being a songwriter, we think about that whole sort of song, we we forget about that jamming part. Um, and I do notice about the parts um, with uh, using the keyboard sounds playing horn lines. Those would have been horn lines. Da, 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 da. Like you could actually hear the... But interestingly, from a production standpoint, we don't talk about production too much, but they didn't actually use a horn-like sound. It was more of a piano sound, which is an interesting choice as well. Yeah, it was kind of a synth brass, like... At the time, there the the keyboards when that was made, there weren't a lot of options. But there is kind of like a synth brass sound that has that sort of almost like an orchestra hit type of a thing. But then just the the piano part. Um, what's really cool about this song too is the majority of the song, except for the bridge, is all one chord. Um, so it's and it's a it's a dissonant chord that you don't see in pop music very much. It's an E flat. Uh, it's it's like an E flat or an E flat minor flat seven. So it has a very um, dissonant sound to it. So I don't know if you can hear my keyboard, but that's not a traditional that's not a traditional pop chord, right? Um, and then you have the bass that's going. And basically what that's doing, it's the same chord, but it's they're going from inversion to inversion. So it's, what have you done for me lately? Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. And it's just hitting on that, you know. So it's the hits are happening on the, the two and the four, sometimes two, which is a little bit different than hitting on the one. So it's a really cool song. Um, that uses one chord through most of it and then it like it's very groove oriented for sure yeah 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 like what you're saying phil about the the chorus melody being very limited in its range right like it's like yeah like two or three notes but it's it's really about the rhythm of that right it's really it's tied in with that groove it's tied in with this with the synth line it's it's really it really works with it like like you were saying off the top chat, like it, it works in kind of a unified way. It all at all the whole thing just becomes one unified thing. I think it's easy when uh, as songwriters we, you know we you know we play our instruments and we and we deliver the deliver the song. But it, there, the, some of the things that make songs very memorable are those little that 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 those little sort of musical interludes. So when you are writing a song, think about that because you don't. Someone could have said, could you, um, what have you done for me lately? You know how to do. Like they would have filled that up with words. But you can actually get a lot of uh, mileage out of those little musical 
licks. They can they can be great, and they can actually become the thing uh, that everyone remembers. Like if anyone remembers this, Eric Clapton's Layla, you know, Layla, because da, 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 that's mm. what that's that hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah. For, for that song, you tend to remember the guitar lick more than anything else in the song. Or like, or like, um, "Sweet Caroline," ba ba ba. You know, that's it. The everything works together, and you remember how the music plays off the the melody. Um, but back to what have you done for me lately? I think that is cool, Phil. Where basically it's the title and then the the vocable, the ooh yeah part like what have you done for me lately you know ooh, ooh, ooh yeah those sometimes we overthink that we have to write a lot of lyrics in a chorus and sometimes just repeating the title is all that you need because the rest of it's sort of set up in the um in the verses you know yeah um for sure and, and it's really interesting how that that ooh, ooh, ooh is the first part of the entire song that's not like like the melody in the verses and that we've done for me lately, very rhythmic based, very staccato almost. And the ooh-ooh's like really legato, really drawn out, um, which provides a great, a great contrast. So, I mean, and, and, and it's such a, it's such a contrast melodically that, you know, I don't know if they thought about this or if she thought about this, you know, maybe you don't need, you know, another intense lyric or a lot of words there, just do an ooh-ooh, and that's okay, because you're changing enough things already. Let's not complicate it more by introducing yet another lyric to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even lyrically, like, um, you know, a lot is happening rhythmically, a lot is happening musically, but, you know, used to be a time that you would pamper me, you still brag about it all the time. Um, your friends seem to think that you're so peachy keen, but my friends say neglect is on your mind. Who's right? Like, I love the attitude that they throw into it and the fact mm -hmm. that it's like four lines and then there's a fifth line of the who's right. Dun, 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 and then it goes into the chorus. Um, and then to really add contrast, I think they do think about contrast, Neil, because when you get to the bridge, mm -hmm. then the chords open up and yeah. then it's, you know, um, never ask for more than I deserve. You know, it's the truth. You seem to think you're God's gift to this earth. I'm telling you no way. And then she does the spoken. You ought to be thankful mm -hmm. for the little things. But little things are all you seem to give. You're always putting off what we could do today. Soap opera says you've got one life to live. Who's right? Who's wrong? So, yeah. So it's lyrically pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's really it's really great and 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 very focused. Like um, we actually talked about this on the on the show with uh, with Jeremy Volt when he the last time he came on awesome. about how he was very adamant that your song just needs to be about one thing, right? Yep. It doesn't necessarily have to take this, you know big long epic story or anything unless you're doing you know 1974 progressive rock, <laughs> but <laughs> um, you know like the, it, it's 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 one way to do it and and this is certainly like lyrically it's really really focused like she's not going to many different places and the whole jam thing at the end Phil yeah when you've got a dance crew behind you yeah you're gonna do that jam thing you want <laughs> and yeah, just, you can do that, and you know? just yeah. crank up the thing and that's when you that's when you throw in the big dance number right with all the, if it's all if it's you things. yeah if it's you and acoustic guitar playing at a coffee shop yeah, yeah. the long dance break usually doesn't work it doesn't work so. 
And and and, 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 and that's the other thing with with sort of more folky, you know, singer songwriter type of things, which is a lot of what we get on the show as as guests. That they 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 tend to not put a lot of uh, consideration necessarily into like an interesting guitar lick or something in between mm-hmm. their lines or, or you know ba, da, 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 da. they would never do that on, on an acoustic guitar at a coffee shop it's just it, it's really there just to support the lyrics and support the the vocal melody but yeah. you know it, it often it, I, I fully agree though it is super cool and interesting when they do it's also interesting the um because um, Janet Jackson actually was quite a pioneer she did a lot of stuff that you know, well, I mean, her brother was incredibly talented. I mean, he wrote all this stuff. He wrote all the lines of his of his songs basically with his voice, and he recorded yeah. it, and they, an incredible talent. But she also did a lot of sort of kind of groundbreaking things. But it's interesting how she handles the melody. If that song was done now, there would be a whole bunch of... Ah, ah, and lots of, you know, vocal gymnastics, which is very mm. much in style. But it wasn't that much in style then in the 80s. But, you know, she sang actually really, really straight. Hmm. Um, so when you are writing and when you're recording stuff now, you want to keep in mind that what you're doing may be very much of this time, but it's going to sound dated, just like, you know, the gated snares of the 80s really date a track. I think as songwriters, we should all try to do something that's timeless, but that can be tough. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to do that on purpose, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think music has trends like fashion does, right? Like mm-hmm. even some of the '80s stuff is has been back these days. Oh, wow. Like there's a lot yeah. of stuff that you know sounds '80s, '90s, and everybody wants vintage gear so they can yeah. sound more like that time, mm-hmm. um, which I think is cool. I think the the key to any of this is like, let's say you're a singer and you don't have a huge range you don't have to do all those vocal gymnastics. Like just understand that you need to put more rhythmic attention into it than pitch, right? If, if you can only sing a five note range, um, cause like, I'm, I'm sure Janet would probably admit like she's not Celine Dion, right? Like Janet has a good smooth mm-hmm. voice, but she doesn't have the same range as other people. So, um, she relies more on kind of a rhythmic thing that's happening and they do a lot of harmonies with her voice because her voice harmonizes well with itself. Mm. Um, so I actually met Janet last year. Oh, wow. Um, and I asked her what her favorite part of songwriting was and she thought for a minute and she said that her favorite part is when it's done and recorded and you can listen to it back because then she said at that point she's done sort of like thinking about it and it's not in her head anymore and i was like that's a good answer <laughs> so i thought that was cool i was glad, glad i got to ask her that so yeah super cool that must have been really cool actually yeah yeah i'm a big janet fan so i've met her a few yeah. times um oh, she's okay. really great to us fans so janet's a good person and she's oh, very wow. down to earth um cool. but yeah she's been a huge influence on on my music and and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah that's why i picked janet you guys are all from the same neck of the woods up there, aren't you? Um, well, she's from California, but, you know, her big oh. three, some of her um, albums were recorded here in Minneapolis, though. Control. Ri- yeah, I was getting Jackson mixed up with Prince. Prince is from Minnesota. Prince is from Minneapolis, yes. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. yep. Okay. All right. Um, why don't we move on to your second song? And this is a little bit of a different uh, Different, different genre. Yeah. yeah. 
So I also picked the song Here, which Rascal Flatts cut. Um, and it's it's actually a song that was written by Jeffrey Steele and another songwriter. And I'm totally blanking on who the other songwriter was right now. Even Paul Robson. Steve Robson, yes. So it was Jeffrey Steele and Steve Robson. Um, Jeffrey Steele. Neither of those guys are in the band, Rascal Flatts? They're not in the band, no. So they are songwriters. Um Jeffrey Steele was always somebody that I really looked up to because he had a lot of um, country hits and his style is very pop mixed with country. Um, so I like country music more on the the pop side of things. Um, and Jeffrey Steele also is, uh, he's a songwriter that helps other songwriters. So he's kind of come up with ways to sort of explain how to write um, songs and how you can kind of do it more than once you know he's one of those songwriters that's had multiple hits so it's like what's his secret how does he do it and he shares it which is very similar to what we teach at berkeley so um when i was you know this was probably back i think this song came out in like 08 09 this was one of the first songs that i really started to study the structure and how do you put together just a well crafted song so what I loved about this song is the prosody between what's being said and how the melody is working and then also how they have contrast between the sections so we can talk about it more after but try to listen to the rhyme schemes in the verse and then the rhyme schemes in the chorus they're actually like a mirror of each other so you you have like an like an X A A X B B rhyme scheme in the verse, and then when you get to the chorus, you have an A A X B B X. So it flips it. So it's the it's the opposite. So it it builds contrast. So one of the things that really changed my own songwriting was changing the rhyme scheme between sections. Uh, it can make a huge difference in keeping your listener engaged and so they don't get bored. Um, so just try to listen to that and then I'll point out some other stuff after we listen to it as well. But this is Rascal Flats Here, written by um, Steve Robson and Jeffrey Steele. been looking for that took me in and out of buildings behind windows walls and doors and I thought I found it a couple times even settled down and I'd hang around just long enough to find my way back out I know now the place that I was trying to reach was you here in front of me
bit different style <laughs> yeah i'm actually curious chad you, you you said uh uh notice the prosody between what's being said and the way the melody is formed i wouldn't hear in that yeah. specific instances can you point out yeah so the first what? verse goes um there's a place i've been looking for that took me in and out of buildings behind windows, walls, and doors. Then I thought I found it. Couple times even settled down. And I'd hang around just long enough to find my way back out. So in the uh, the lines where it says, I'd hang around just long enough. Like the prosody is the hanging on the notes and the length of the line. So you have, um, be, uh, uh, there's a place I've been looking for. Uh, there's a place I've been looking for that took me in and out of buildings behind windows, walls, and doors. So those lines are longer and you get the sense of like searching based on the sort of bounciness of the rhythm. So the prosody of what's being said and sort of how it's being said works really well there. So it's like two short lines and then a long line, two short lines and then a long 
line uh, within the verse. Um, and then from a contrast perspective, you also get to the little pre-chorus where the lines get really long too, where it goes, I know now. You know, it, it kind of holds out that way more than than the other sections. Interesting about the rhyme schemes, because there's not a lot of really um, hard rhymes. They're all fairly soft. I mean, there's ears and tears. And then, of course, yep. here, which is the... Um, the name of the song um but mostly the other rhymes were i mean they were rhymey but they weren't they weren't hard rhymes they're very soft rhymes i thought yeah and they even the way that it's so rhyme um a lot of times a lot of songwriters think of rhyme in the way that words are spoken but it really mm -hmm. comes down to how are they sung so like uh -huh. where it says um i wouldn't or I wouldn't change a thing. I rock right back through the rain. So thing, rain. Yeah. That's a um, that's a consonant rhyme, but it it's sung in a very similar fashion. So it actually registers as a sonic relationship between the words, and that's really what a rhyme is. It's a sonic relationship actually between syllables, because um, it's only parts of words that actually rhyme with each other. Mm -hmm. I was really wishing that the line I've cried with every stumbled step was an internal rhyme or step is the only line in the chorus that doesn't rhyme with anything else. And it really felt like it wanted to to me anyway. Well, that's, that's where the rhyme scheme flipped, right? There's a place yeah. I've been looking for, took me in and out of buildings behind windows, walls and doors. Thought I found it a couple of times and then settled down till I'd hang around just long enough to find my way back out. So that's the X-A-A-X-B-B. Yeah. And in the chorus, you have wouldn't change a thing. I'd walk right back through the rain, back to every broken heart on the day that it was breaking. Breaking never rhymes with anything. Mm. Um, I'd relive all the tears, be thankful for the years. I've cried with every stumbled step. That's your second X line. And or everything that got me here so what it's doing is it's it's building up yeah. tension it's this tension yeah 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 to get to the the hook which i think is really effective for sure mm -hmm. but yeah that this song that's what i love about it is there's so much going on that's sort of hidden in plain sight and unless you're like yeah. a songwriting nerd like most people don't hear this right they just hear a, a song yeah. Um, but I love the fact that that there's all that stuff going on under the hood for sure. You, you think they were all? Do you think these guys were purposeful about that? Like knowing what you know about the songwriters, like there there there, there is there is a high degree of craft here. You can you can recognize that. Yeah, um, I mean, I do I do think, um, especially in Nashville, there are. I mean, all these things are things that writers think about. And I know, mm -hmm. like I said, Jeffrey Steele teaches it, so I know that he. He does think about this stuff, and you can see it in his writing for sure. Yeah, it's um, it is a great tune, and it, it definitely pulls you along in, in an emotional journey. You know, starting mm -hmm. off small, and then you know, quite soaring at the end, and uh, kind of a positive song too, which is sort of yeah. nice, not just a broken heart song. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's totally a love song. It's, it's interesting how it how it sort of how it sort of weaves in and out of intimate and. And not not just universal, but like you know, like when it opens up, like a place I've been looking for to me out of we're talking about buildings, those walls and doors. You don't realize it's you know going to be about a personal relationship yeah. until you until you get to the end of the yeah um, end of the pre-chorus and then into the into the, the chorus kind of gives it away, right? 
Oh, yeah, and that's okay. another yeah, thing. Cool. It starts with it starts with showing, right? It starts with concrete, mm -hmm. sense-based details, and then moves into the emotional part. And that's a um, tried and true songwriting um, sort of method as well, is to start with setting the scene, setting the concrete part, and then moving into the emotion. Because I think sometimes we go to the emotion too soon. And if your mm -hmm. listener doesn't have that context, they're sort of like, so what? <laughs> Right. Like if your song is about being sad and you just go say, I'm sad too soon, they're like, I uh, don't know why. So I don't care. Like I can't relate to you being sad because I'm not sad. But if you give them the reason you're sad or show them that, then they can put themselves in your shoes. So I think that's that's important um, mm -hmm. when you're writing songs, too. What's great is this is a fantastic song to show people because the parts of the song are very clearly delineated. You know, the verse mm -hmm. is very clear. The pre-chorus is very clear because pre-choruses can sometimes seem like they're part of the verse, part of the chorus. You know, for people who are new to this, can, it can be hard to figure those things out. But this was all very clear. It's very clear. There's a verse. The The pre-chorus is very pre-chorusy. The chorus is, chorus is very chorusy. And, you know, the bridge, you know, it's it's got parts where I think even the most new newbie songwriter could sort of listen to it and go, okay, that's a pre-chorus and that's how a pre-chorus can work. Cause I think when you start off, it can be sort of a weird thing. It's like pre-chorus, what's that? Is it one line or is it two lines? But this was a very specific pre-chorus and very clearly, clearly delineated, which is good when you're starting out, I think. Well, and I think that's the thing is uh, like a song like this is a great song to use as a template you know, like try taking the chord progression, try taking the structure, like what are the numbers of lines in each section? Can you can you write a song that has your own topic and you in it, but using that skeleton, right? Because you know, you know, that works, the structure works. So can you kind of fill in the blanks with your own, um, your own content, which is a great way to learn for sure. Mm. Well, That's what, a fantastic what, trip, a tip. Yeah, yeah. What, what about from a musical perspective on the song? Is it? Um, it sounds. It sounds like it's pretty. It's not one, four, five, but you know, there's no key changes. There's no. There's no musical um, acrobatics going on. I actually, to be honest with you, I haven't figured out the chords. Um, no? To yeah. me, it sounds like it's probably um, between the sections. They're probably using different like modes. I feel like they're probably oh, yeah. starting on like a four or a five. Mm. Um, to add sort of that Lydian feel to it, to make it kind of bright. Um, mm -hmm. And then in between each section, the chord progression is different. That's another way that you can. Yeah, and so the, 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 there is certainly a really, sure. a really strong lift to the chorus. And that, that's not just yep. the melody, it's the chords for sure. Yeah, I'd have to look up what the chords are. I Honestly, I haven't. This yeah, has yeah. been more of a like a lyrical study for song for me than it has yeah. been a, a musical study, but it's yeah. also very, it's very melodic too. So there's yeah, a lot yeah. of things happening from a melody standpoint for sure. Yeah, And, and for sure, I mean, it, for sure the, the, the intention with this song was lyrics and melody was paramount over and above everything else for sure. And it's an interesting, uh, I mean, it certainly is country ish, but it's not cowboy country. You know, the very, <laughs> there's a certain kind of Twang. approach and a certain kind of, um, a palette of of melodies that you know intense cowboy music makes and it's which is wonderful that's what it is you know it's uh, if, if you're going for that thing that's what you want but it has little bits of that but it's also very poppy it's 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting how they play around with those melodies. Yeah, and I think, you know, we talked about earlier how different artists have their own style. I think that's Rascal Flats. Like, they're sort of this where pop meets country type thing. Um, yeah. their, their lead singer, Gary, um, not very many people from a male perspective can sing like, like he does. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they have this very like tight harmony thing, you know, cause there's like three members in the band. So they have these really tight three part harmonies and like, mm. that was their thing, like strong melody, strong lyrics, strong harmonies. And I think that's why I like a lot of their songs is it's, it's just, they're just very musical. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very sing-songy almost in, in, in a lot of parts. And what's interesting about country now is country is a big umbrella these mm. days. You know, you've got traditional country, you've got like Texas country, you've got like the more folk country, you have alt country, you have bro country. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like pop, like pop means a lot of different things these days. Is it indie pop? Is it like... Ariana Grande type pop, like it's, there's so many different things that are happening, which I think is great about the time that we live in is you can kind of find your own little piece of the pie. Yeah. And you, and you can, you can treat the same song a different way. Like I'm actually hearing a lot of, a lot of hard rock influence in this. Like I could, I could see this song with like much more heavier street distorted guitars. Yeah. Even his, even his voice would suit that too, with a more, with a more kind of driving, you know, and we're driving uh, groove to it would would totally work, um, as opposed to like a, as opposed to like a boppy synth synth pop thing or dream pop type of thing. I don't think that'll work as well. I would I would see right. this more as a guitar hard rock yeah. thing. But yeah, but like you say, it's all it's all you know borrowing from this and borrowing from that. And that know. made me that made me think of a quote that I saw one time um, <clears throat> from. A producer that Lady Gaga worked with. Um, his name is Red One. Um, and he said when they made her album that had like Poker Face and mm. Just Dance, they wanted to make songs that would really be more geared towards like hair metal bands, like very mm. metally stuff, but instead of using guitars, using synthesizers. Mm-hmm. So that's how they wrote the songs was more from a rock perspective. And mm. instead of using guitars, they use synth. Um so that kind of fits, but, but yeah, Rascal Flats does have some more rock oriented songs as well, for sure. Cool. Is that your okay. next song, Neil? Neil Modi, rock and roll? I've done rock songs before. Yeah. <laughs> You've had some big drum fills and stuff in some of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I say, every, every time I try to do anything different, it kind of ends up sounding like you, like I grew up in the '80s. Like go figure. <laughs> well, because you did exactly. Although I did, I, I have written a country song, and awesome. they always say it's mm-hmm. uh, should write about what you know. So I wrote about uh, driving an eighteen-wheeler because <laughs> I've uh, I've seen a lot of eighteen-wheelers on the highway. So on TV, yeah, oh, on, yeah, on, on TV. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I watched the documentary uh, Cannibal Run, so I had some mm-hmm. idea of, of how it all works. <laughs> You've watched Smoke, Smokey and the Bandit, you know. Yeah, so that's, I think that makes me an, author, an authority. Yeah. You know. The modern, modern country song would be about my, my, my wife canceled my Netflix or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, the, you know, that's, the, that's the funny thing about country songwriting is, is a lot of people um, 
a lot of people pick on country, but mm. country is a, a genre where a lot of artists still take outside songs. Um, and that's not the case in a lot of genres. You know, you either mm. are the artist that's writing for yourself or you're connected already to an artist and then you sort of co-write with them. Whereas country, there's still the opportunity to be a songwriter. And mm. I think country songwriters talk about craft, like they're the masters of the craft because there's so much competition. You have to be on the top of your game. Um, but country songwriting is hard because it's not just talking about trucks, beer, you know, like mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really easy to sound insincere because it, it, it really isn't the words. It's what you're saying that matters. And I think a lot of people get caught up on the words instead of, you know, what's being said. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, definitely. The country is, is um, the songwriters there are masters because it's, yeah. you know, it is a huge thing. And um, it's possible for Canadians to go down to Nashville House and, um, you know, spend some time yeah. down there. And that would be yeah. an amazing experience because you would just yeah. learn so much from, from these people who just crank songs out all the time. This is their job. We, we actually have a, a, a songwriting teacher, um, uh, from here from in Toronto, uh, Blair Packham, who comes on our show on, on the regular, and he and he he, he teaches at, at one of the colleges here in Toronto, and 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 one time he did say one of the assignments he gives his students is write a country song, and he says very few of them can actually pull it off. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they they write and complain, and they say, oh, we got to write about trucks or something like that, but they yeah they just they 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 don't they don't get it until I guess he teaches it because yeah <laughs> gotta teach it yeah i mean a lot of great country songs like not only do they have like great metaphors but they have great like play on words like they mm. use very common sayings and flip them in a very unique way um chris sly who's a professional songwriter if you follow his instagram um he recently he posted uh his stats for the month and he said in January, he had 29 co-writing sessions and he finished 41 songs wow. in January. So if people wow. want to know what it's like to be a professional songwriter in Nashville, <laughs> you're writing 30, 40 songs a month sometimes. Yikes. You know, so if people are like, oh, I write like two songs a year. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Your, your competition's writing 30 songs a month. You know what I mean? That's so incredible. It, it's, they treat it like it's their job. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, it sounds exhausting, though. <laughs> so, Chad, tell us about um, your your uh, home songwriting uh, program. What what's it all about? Oh yeah, so at home songwriting is a YouTube channel that I have. Um, you can find it at athomesongwriting.com. Um, the YouTube channel blossomed into sort of an online community. So I do monthly mm -hmm. free online workshops through Meetup. Um, and then I do have some courses online and things at athomesongwritingcourses.com. Um, my goal is to help other songwriters to write the best songs that they can. Um, so in March, I'm doing an online melody writing workshop. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. I'm going to basically just share everything that I know about writing melodies. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then in October, we're getting together in Cross Lake, Minnesota and doing an in-person retreat um, where we're getting people together and we're going to write songs for three or four days and spend time um, in some really cool cabins in the wood uh, in the woods. So 
Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We only have six spots left as of today. So wow. spots are going fast because we're limiting it at 20 people. But um, again, you can find it at athomesongwritingcourses.com. Cool. And you're, you're teaching uh, lyrics at Berkeley as well, right? Yes. Yeah, so I teach um, lyric writing uh, for Berkeley online. So um, I teach a course called Lyric Tools and Strategies, which was created by Pat Patterson, who's wow. the master. Legendary. <laughs> the one and only. Yes, legend. <laughs> it's not cool. often you meet anybody that hasn't at least heard the name Pat Patterson. So I'm really honored to get to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, because uh, Neil, you took a Pat Patterson course, I believe. Yeah, I took his free course on Coursera, which um, which I understand is like a it's like a teaser for the whole Berkeley program. Um, but yeah, it, it really, I mean, for me, it really changed my head around about you know that's the first time I heard the word prosody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those sorts of things. It really got me thinking about the whole song as opposed to obsessing over little bits and pieces like I used to do I still can do I'm still good at that yeah well Pat Pat talks about the fact that no rules just tools yeah yeah ah what a great line first time I heard that too (laughs) okay I'm here in the band I think that is all the time we have on Song Talk Radio special thanks to Chad Shank that was amazing stuff Um, thank you so where can our listeners find out more about you you got your own website or whatever uh, yeah, at homesongwriting.com and at homesongwritingcourses.com. Cool. We will link to that stuff from the show post for this episode. And uh, we want to hear from you. Send us your comments on Facebook or Instagram to at Song Talk Radio or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. And subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. You can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on the show on our resources page on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk meetup. Whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups, it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at at, uh, neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. And Chad, what's your favorite social media channel? My favorite social media channel? Song Talk. That's not a social yeah, media nice. channel. But we'll take it's it. Place, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean by channel? Like YouTube channel? Besides my own? If you want to see you posting about stuff, you post on Instagram, you post on Facebook, you post on X. Uh, mostly just YouTube for the most part. I've decided yeah. to be a one one platform person. I have a yeah. I have a personal Instagram, but YouTube is the public stuff. So right, right, yeah. No, that, 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 that's, that's that's absolutely yeah. You got to focus on one of them. You can't. It's hard to do all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. And um, be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, and keep, keep on, on writing. writing. So long. So long, everyone.